Good evening, everyone, and welcome to History from the Back Pages. I'm your host, Colin Sugg, and this episode is being recorded on May 7th, 2020 at 7.30 p.m. This is episode 8 of season 3, which focused on historical figures that greatly affected the city of Chicago. And the first seven were for my senior project. I was doing at Concordia University of Chicago, and I turned that in. That's all done. So I finished talking about those. So the remaining episodes for season three, focused on Chicago, are just ones for fun and ones that historical figures maybe I didn't get a chance to do yet. So some of them may be lesser known because I wanted to focus on ones that were at least somewhat well-known and did a big impact for my project. So now that this is not for the project, I can do some figures that maybe had a big impact, but not as well-known. But the one I'm doing today is definitely not under the radar, probably one of the most maybe greatest architect of all time, and that is Frank Lloyd Wright. He's done many buildings he designed and built, and especially in the area where I live, there's some buildings you could see that Frank Lloyd Wright designed in Oak Park, Illinois. And Frank Lloyd Wright, as with many historical figures, maybe personally, he wasn't a great man, it was some affairs. His relationships weren't very good with his wives. But focusing on his body of work and we did as a designer and architect is what makes him famous. And we're just going to focus on that. I don't really want to focus. I'll focus a little bit, talk a little bit about some of the horrible tragedies, but not a lot. Mainly want to focus on what he did in the architecture community. So now we begin with Frank Wood Wright, born in Wisconsin, and a lot of his, he did some buildings in Wisconsin and also in Oak Park, Chicago area, New York, and there's one in Arkansas too, so he's some buildings around the country. He studied civil engineering at University of Wisconsin, then moved to Chicago for an apprenticeship with architects. Joseph Lyman Silsby, who you may recognize his name because I talked about him in one of my previous episodes for season three. And Joseph Lyman Silsby, he was kind of around the same, you might know him from. He designed the first movable walkway at the World's Columbian Exhibition in 1893. So when I did my episode on the World's Columbian Exhibition, which was episode two of season three, I talked about Joseph Lyman Silsby and building the first movable walkway at the World's Fair. So that's why now in airports, big events like the Knight Center, big places, they have movable walkways so it can travel from one end to the other without being very slow. But sometimes it's annoying when you're like at an airport and the movable walkway is like broken. It's just like shut down, can't use. So like, oh, now I got to walk. But they do have their uses. And when they work, I appreciate seeing the movable walkways. So that's due to 
Joseph Wyman Silsby, and some of the people that he had worked under him as apprentices were Frankwood Wright, George Grant, M.C. George W. Maurer, Irving J. Gill, and Henry G. Fiddicle. And he was a professor at Syracuse University, Joseph Silvisby. And he's founded Chicago and Illinois Chapters, American Institute of Architecture. And now moving back to Frank Wood Wright, that was the person he worked under, Joseph Lyman Silsby. And Frank Wood Wright, he was born in 1867. So by the time late 90s, he started to hone in his craft mid-90s. And in 1893, he built his influential home and studio in Oak Park, Illinois, where, fun fact, I used to volunteer there a few years back. And my job while working at the Frank Lloyd Wright Home and Studio, which is closed currently due to the pandemic, so don't go, it's closed. But when I was working there, my job was the audio ambassador. So as a audio ambassador, my job during the summer was to collect the audio devices. So when you visit the home and studio during the summertime, you can take a guided walking tour outside. So you collect your audio device, and then as a guest, you walk and listen to the audio device. It tells you all about the buildings you're going to pass that were designed by Frank Wood Wright, the ones he worked on. And there's a number, at least five, six, that he worked on just like a block away a few blocks from the home studio on Chicago Avenue in Oak Park. And so my job with the audio ambassador was to program the devices in the languages required. And I have one story that's an embarrassing one, a funny one. And in my crisis communication class at the beginning of the semester, it was like February, I think, the professor wanted to know stories that you had that were embarrassing, ones that you had to fix, or there's a problem. And the one for me was, I was one day using my audio devices. I was kind of tired. I've been working a while. And a couple came to buy one of the audio devices. So I gave them like the radio, the kind of they would use. And usually... I had to make sure that they were programmed in the right language, right settings, which was pretty easy. But I think I must have just forgotten to program it to the right language or change it. Or I just assumed it was in English because that was the most common to get people from England. And United States people spoke English. And I forgot to change it. And it happened to be in German. And you may think that the couple would have came to me immediately when the walking tour started and said, oops, it's in German. And then I would say, oh, no, I'm sorry. I would apologize. I would have changed it into English. But they didn't tell me. I didn't know until the tour was over. So they finished the tour. They came back and they're like, how dare you? It was in German. We don't understand a single thing. And I was like, I felt really bad. But they didn't tell me. I didn't know. I felt bad. I think we ended up giving them like a coupon. Like we had to give them 15% off the gift shop. And that happened. But that was the only one of the mistakes. That's probably the only mistake I made was there. And that was that. So basically, words of wisdom. 
make sure to check things before you give them out. But when you're doing so many at one point, you can forget or just become second nature, not paying attention. And the thing about that is that there's so many program languages because we've got people from all around the world. So Russia, China, Japan, Latvia, uh, Finland, Ireland, uh, Brazil, El Salvador, everywhere. People come from all over the world to go to the Franklin Light Home Moon Studio. That was a place that people wanted to visit. It was on their bucket list, their goals, so they could tour, take a tour from one of the guides at the Franklin Light Home Studio. And that's a little bit about my time at the Franklin Light Studio. Some of the other locations nearby that Franklin Wright designed in Oak Park that you can visit once they reopen, once the pandemic calms down. Some of the ones in Oak Park you can see are first, one that I've enjoyed, I've seen, which is the Unity Temple, a Tutarian church. And for a while it was being worked on, being redone, because it was kind of getting a little old, very old building, getting kind of run down, they needed to fix it. But you can see the Unity Temple on 875 Lake Street, Oak Park, Illinois. It is a church stone done in reinforced concrete and very beautiful building. And like I said, the 2017 restoration elevated it to extreme level. Now it looks even nicer. I enjoyed the Unity Temple. That's a nice one to visit. Then there's also one in the River Forest that's cool. I've never been in, but I've passed by it when I've been walking, which is the William H. Winslow House, built in 1893. This was his first independent res residential commission and Roman brick terracotta. He finished right after he stopped working with Alder and Sullivan. The home was later called the First Prairie Home by Frank himself. That is on 515 Avger Place in River Forest, Illinois. Some other close by is, like I said, the Franklin White Home Studio, built in 1889 on Chicago Avenue. Beautiful building. Then there's ones in Chicago, like the Emil Bach House in 1915. Nar Prairie style with a cubic orientation. This was before he moved to a Japanese-influenced style. It's located in my mom's home neighborhood where she's born, Rogers Park. So you can see the Millbach House in Rogers Park. I've never seen that one, so it'd be cool to drive by that one or walk by. And let's see some other ones that are in. Oh, this one's in Wisconsin. The Johnson Wax Headquarters, Racine, Wisconsin. Very cool. I've personally not seen this one on a picture, so looking at it, it looks cool. Kind of an air inside the building, cathedral-like. It was commissioned by H.F. Johnson Jr., this, the leader of the family business, and was known to be Office of the Future upon opening. And some other ones that are cool to talk about are the Unitarian Meeting House, built in 1947 in Madison, Wisconsin. It was designed for... Uh, Franco Wright and his dad were members of the Unitarian, and the Unitarian Meeting House stands as a relatively piece of modern religious architect 
Very nice building. They have a curved addition in 2008 and still bustling to this day. And now there's one that this one's focusing in on a story that's tragic, but is Taliesin, originally built 1911, Springring, Wisconsin. This is the one where Frank Wood Wright, he left his first wife, Catherine Kitty Tobin, for his mistress, Marfa Barfork Cheney. And once he, he went to Wisconsin, Miss Cheney was murdered tragically by Julian Carlton, a servant from Barbados who was hired and mentally unstable working at Towson. He murdered seven people with an axe. And that was tragic for Mr. Wright. And Carlton committed suicide. And this was tragic in his personal life that his mistress was killed. He built it for her. Then, so he was not officially married to her, but he was married to Catherine Tobin, Maud Noel, and Olga Minoff. From his life, he's born in 67, died in 1959. And his first marriage was in 1889 to Miss Tobin. And he had a bad marriage with Miriam Noel. And short marriage only four years and my dad likes to say in his show that it's one of my favorite shows but the show Midsummer Murders you basically half the murders that take place on the show have had to do with a bad marriage so <laughs> bad marriage a lot of those and like I said many buildings you can see today and visit have been designed by Frank Hood Wright some better known than others. Some of them you may visit and say, oh, that's definitely Frank Hood Wright. I could tell by the prairie style, how he's doing it, how the architecture. Some you may say, is that a Frank Hood Wright? And then you have to research it. But better chances than not, if you look at it and think there's a possibility, then it could be. Some of the other fun ones are the Park Inn Hotel, built in 1910 in Mason City, Iowa. So my grandma Carol, her home state, Iowa, where she was born. This one, Prairie School, Strain Glass Glitters, is across the street from Central Park in Mason City, Iowa. One of the handful of hotels he designed, the only one left standing is this one. It had a recent renovation, and that is the Park Inn Hotel. And this one is in Arkansas. I did not know that he had building one in Arkansas. I must admit, I didn't know. But that's the Bachman Wilson House, built 1956 on 600 Museum Way, Bentonville, Arkansas. It was actually moved. So fun fact, it was built in a New Jersey site and moved to the Crystal Bridges Museum in Arkansas to preserve it. So now it's in Arkansas. So it used to be not in Arkansas, but in New Jersey, but it was moved to the 
Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Bentonville, Arkansas. And that is the home of, I believe, Walmart. I am pretty sure that's the Walmart hometown. So maybe the museum has something to do with Walmart. I could see that the Walmart heirs maybe helped get it done. I can see that happening. Then there's another one. Let's see. Here's one I didn't know was cool. The Cotilla Humphreys Feeder, 1959, one of the last buildings he ever worked on, and the only surviving feeder. This one, beautiful feeder, curved walls, series of beautiful designs, and the stage itself sits on a turntable that allows multiple scenes to be set. And it was not done before he died, so it was still being worked on when he passed away in 1959. Then... Some other ones that are fun. He has some in Arizona. A lot in Arizona. And let's see. Here's one in Pasadena that's cool. The Millard House, built in 1923, Pasadena, California. It was his first textile block home. And according to Curbed website, which I've been reading, Curbed.com, which I've looked at for this discussion and topic about the different buildings he designed they say it fit together like legos and he built it for arts dealer alice millard nicknamed la manchura fits perfectly inside a ravine near pasadena and california my home state and here's another one in la the ennis house built in 1933 is the last and largest of the concrete block homes he would design for L.A. So the Ennis House, which would be a nickname, is perhaps the towering achievement of his mind revival period. Also, fun fact, in the film Blade Runner, it was featured. Here's Norwin in L.A. The Holly Hawk House, 1921. Beautiful design. It was supposed to be built for Alan or Aline Barnsdall, the main home, and overseen by his son, Lloyd Wright, and assistant, Rudolf Snilder. Let's see. And keep moving on. Let's see if there's any final ones I want to discuss. Here's one in Palo Alto, California, home of Stanford University, near where I used to live in Morgan Hill. About 45 minute drive from Morgan Hill was Palato. And this one is the Hannah Honeycomb House, 1936. It was designed for a pair of Stanford educators at the tail end of the 1930s. This Bay Area home, beautiful honeycomb shape. It was built from mostly red, native redwood and beautiful home. Here's one in San Francisco, one of my favorite places to visit. Love San Francisco. And this is the V.C. Morris gift shop built in 1947. This one was a gift shop, his only work in San Fran. It was built in a former warehouse. It has sleek spiral ramp inside for the museum. And it's currently it's closed. So can't go and close like not pandemic closed but like closed closed so according to this website 
that hopefully it reopens. And let's see. Any final ones I want to discuss before we move on to another topic? Well, there's the Rookery. That's a big one. That's in Chicago on LaSalle Street. And it was a lobby. He worked it for Burner and Root. It was a design he used from them. And a marble and Parisian style. And it kind of shows like the loop. So a very beautiful one, the Rookery. And some final ones. Oh, here's one in Alabama. This is one of his best utopian or Usonian design concepts. The Rosenbaum House, 1940, built for Stanley and Mildred Rosenbaum. Sits on the north bank of the Tennessee River. Built in 1940, the home includes a 1940 extension, also designed by Frank, which nearly doubled the size of the property. And... This one's not as elaborate as some of the buildings he's done. I can—I don't know if I would have been able to guess that was a frequent right if I saw it from a distance. If I was up close, probably could have maybe come to sort of a conclusion. But harder to tell than some. And here's another one that's fun. The Old Brash Plantation, built in 1941 in South Carolina. You haven't seen South Carolina. This was a restored... Southern Plantation in Beaufort County, South Carolina. C. Lee Stevens hired Frank to reimagine a traditional Southern architectural icon built during the 40s. Fell in kind of disrepair during the war. And the Beaufort County Open Land Trust, which manages the site announced last year, will start offering annual tours. So once coronavirus is open, it sounds like you can visit the Old Brass Plantation and experience the design. That'd be cool to visit that one, Albright's Plantation. Oh, here's one final one that I want to discuss. It's in my Aunt Linda's, where she's living. She lives in Alexandria, Virginia. This is the Pope Leahy House, built 1941. It was designed for Washington Post writer Lorene Pope, who had taken a loan out from his paper to afford it. Later, it was moved, but it was built in Alexandria, Virginia, and very cool L-shaped layout. Well, that's it for talking about, oh, then the Guggenheim Museum. That's one of the most famous. Opened six months after he passed away in 1959. Some people at the beginning, when it was open, said, how hideous. But now the Guggenheim Museum Excellent atrium, open atrium in the circular cylinder style on the Upper East Side. And Guggenheim Museum, excellent. So you may complain, how dare they? But at the time, it was criticism, but then it was liked. And that's what I'm going to talk about for the building. So that's all for some of the 45 works because this is what the Curbed website gave. And then they said, by Patrick Slishin, last year for his 150th birthday. Because last year, in 2018, was 150th birthday. So they wanted to do a big old explosion, get extravaganza. 
And this was an article to celebrate Mr. Wright. And the reason I was reading them in that order is they were pointing geographically. So they were starting from the east, and then the ones at the end were in California, so the west. So it went from east to west. That's what that's what how it worked. That's why I was jumping around. And so Frank Wood Wright, one of the most famous architects of Chicago and our places in the United States, he did works that he was commissioned to, or once he did this for fun, like the home studio. Once he's commissioned to, like the Mildred home. And so the ones you can visit on the tour are Home Studio, also the Walter Gale House in Oak Park, the Nathan G. Moore House in also in Oak Park, the Arthur Herty House in Oak Park. Those are all in Oak Park. So when you take the Home Studio tour, audio tour, you can visit those ones. Not inside, sadly, but you can see them outside and hear about them. The only one you can visit inside are Home and Studio, Uni Temple you can visit because they have worship services there. And some of the ones in Chicago, I'm not exactly sure on top head which ones are available to the public, but some are, I'm 100% sure about that. So that's Frank Wood Wright's life story, his works, what he accomplished as an architect. He may have met with criticism that he was not a good man in his regards to his marriages, but he's not that's not like a detriment or a thing that's gonna say I'm mainly talking about him for his architectural work, not his relationships. So Frank Wood Wright, very successful. And since I did him, there are some other historical figures who may we in Chicago that did some things that need talking about. Then there's some that, like for our example, one of my favorite writers of all time, Ernest Hemingway. He was born in Oak Park and only lived there for a short time. He went to high school at OPRF, my alma mater. Then he left because he hated Oak Park, supposedly. But, I mean, he was in Oak Park, and there's Ernest Hemingway house in Oak Park. So maybe I could do Ernest Hemingway next time because that would be pretty fun. Or might save him for like a different season, but we might do him. So Frank Wood Wright, this was episode uh, technically eight. So episode eight of season three, episode 32 overall. So thanks for listening in. want to give some shout outs to one of my family friends, Mrs. Yun, because it's Teacher Appreciation Day. So she deserves a shout out. Also, my mom, because she's a teacher too. She deserves a shout out. I've had many teachers I enjoyed over the years that I probably would forget to announce them all. So I'm just going to mention my mom and Mrs. Yun as two ones top of my head. And thanks to everyone for listening to this week's episode of History from the Back Pages. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Possibilities could be Ernest Hemingway or someone else, maybe another athlete, scientist, author, explorer. We'll see. So thank you so much. Really appreciate the feedback on the podcast. And also we have the theme song that's going to be coming out in the future. So stay tuned for that. 
as well. That's going to be really exciting. So thank you and have a nice night. Bye.